Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Hey guys, welcome back to Get Advisor Fit, where we encourage you to lift heavy, invest often, and market your ass off. Today, I am joined by Justin Peters, a friend of mine from LinkedIn. He is a podcast host himself of The Struggle is Real with Justin Peters and the co-founder of a podcast editing and promoting company, Simple Pod Studios. As you know, you guys, I'll put all the information in the caption so you can reach out to him because... I am super excited about this episode. We have never done an episode specifically on podcasting, and Justin is the one to do it with. So welcome, Justin. Thank you for coming. Olivia, thanks for having me on. And it's so cool to actually see your tagline or hear your tagline in person. I've been listening to it, uh, and I know you you brought it on, I think, like episode five or six. But it's cool. I'm here in person. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. I know. I love it. I love it. And I think that we are going to talk about that a little bit later as we go down some of these topics um, in the evolution of how podcasting goes. But let's start at the beginning. And um, tell me a little bit first about yourself and your companies, and then we'll get into the other good stuff. Sure. So I started, uh, I'll start from the beginning. I, I I like to say my genesis was I picked up books and read books and I hated reading, absolutely hated reading. But like, I always heard the phrase leaders are readers. So I forced myself to read. And then one day I found this thing called podcasting and I absolutely fell in love with it. I was like, this is totally the way that I learn. Um, and I was just rabid about consuming podcasts. And then two years later, I think it dawned on me, I could create in this space as well. So I said, you know, I bought two Yeti microphones uh, and then they sat collected dust for about eight months until I eventually decided that I was going to start my first podcast. This was January, 2020. So of course it actually turned into quite a COVID project. Uh, It was not intentional, not intentional to do that, but um, told myself I wanted to podcast for a year. And if I liked it, cool. If I didn't, I'd let it go and I'd invest my time into something else. And three years later, I am so deep into podcasting. Uh, I absolutely love this space. So I host the Struggle is Real podcast, as you mentioned. I co-host another podcast with a friend, Krista Edwards, called Ready to Roth. And then uh, my brother and I launched a podcast editing business as well this year, which has been a whole lot of fun helping other business owners create and launch and grow their own podcast. Yeah. You know what I really like about that story in particular is that you started the podcast and now you have a business about using your podcast to promote business. Um, And I could tell that you're passionate about it. And when you're looking to, you know, work with someone for a type of service like this, you want someone who's passionate about what they're doing. And that just shines through everything that you do. And I think for that reason, you guys are going to be wildly successful. It's been, well, it's been so much fun too, because we've gotten to explore a lot of the little nooks and crannies of the podcasting industry, because, you know, of course we were learning a lot of things for our own shows and bringing those back. But now when you have responsibility to clients and they bring different issues and problems, you get to go out and explore so much. And of course we're like being able to bring solutions to our clients, but also like so much of what we're learning on a day-to-day basis, we can go and implement into our own podcast uh, shows as well. So it's been a lot of fun, actually. It's really expedited the learning process for us. My my brother and I 
absolutely love learning all things podcasting. We spend a lot of time every single day just talking about podcasting, sharing articles back and forth, flipping over, of course, podcasts to each other, and just getting really familiar and comfortable and confident in the space. Yes, it's very apparent that you guys are passionate about podcasting, and that is one of the reasons I've been so excited to talk to you. Um, so let's just jump right in and tell me, do you think that podcasting now is too overcrowded or oversaturated for a new person to get started on their own? I think that's a really good question, Olivia, because I don't know if it's just me being in this world of podcasting or if everybody feels this way, but it seems like there is somebody new launching a podcast every single week. Like I've talked to so many people this year that have created a new podcast, but I'll counter that. Of course, the, the space is just blowing up on the creating side. You know, there are lots of people entering this space, seeing podcasting as a really relevant medium that they can use as a marketing tool for their own business as well. But at the same time, the only reason there's so many people entering this space is because they're finding success through it. And the explosion of podcast listeners as well. So I pulled some stats here. Uh, it's it's kind of fun. Let's see. I'll pull them up over here. So in 2017, 60% of people knew what the term podcasting meant. And that was right around the time that I started getting into podcasting as well. And it was very new age, I feel like then. And then, if, of course, if you asked five years before that, like hardly anyone knew, like 20, 2012, like very few people knew what the word podcasting meant. So 60% in, 20, uh, in 2017. And nowadays, I just looked at the most recent numbers before this to 79%. So a, almost a 20% increase in the US population understands what podcasting is. And then that's grown just from the listener base from 40% in 2017 to 62% in, in 2020. So 22% of the population has entered into podcast world over the last five years. I, yes, me, me too. You're, we're raising hands right here. You know, So there are tons of new listeners and lots of people. And that, that influx has brought a lot of legitimacy to the medium as a whole. It is honestly a go-to avenue for people to get education and to build authority and to find entertainment. So both the acceptance of them as the medium as a whole, and honestly, people now leaning towards it to actually consume some of the information that they're looking for. I think it's ripe and you're right in a good time to go and launch your podcast. Yeah, no. And I think that what's important to keep in mind is like, not everybody who launches a podcast needs to, like, you're not going to be the next Joe Rogan. You know what I mean? Like the chances of that are slim to none. It's like saying, Hey, I'm going to take up tennis, but I'm going to be the next Andre um, Agassi or whatever. Like <laughs> and that's okay. Like, because it's still beneficial. Right. So like speaking of that, like we can talk about maybe the benefits that, um, you know, for, for business owners who are looking to use podcasting as a tool. Sure. Yeah. So we'll set aside the people that are creating podcasts because they want the podcast to be their business. We're really speaking to people that are launching a podcast to support their business, particularly financial advisors. So yes, I think there's a lot of benefits for people in this space in general. Of course, I think it, um, I think it's a great way for you to warm up prospects it, you know, sending someone a podcast and people consuming podcast is this really great scalable way for your prospects to get to know you without you having to have an intro call with every single one of them. Like you can just share out or drip out, um, uh, 
episodes that you put out there and people can get familiar with you. And I don't know about you, but there's some podcasters that I listen to that I feel like I know very well, but I've never met them. I've never had a single conversation with them. So I think it's a really great way to warm up prospects for that. Of course, you're building credibility uh, and trust by putting out legitimate knowledge and, and conversations. I think it can also, if you look at it from the flip side too, be a great resource hub for your current clients. Like how many of, how many times do you answer the same question time after time after time? That might be a really great indicator for you that it might be time to go and record a podcast that answers that question. And then you can share that podcast out with, with your clients because it's so, there's, there's a lot of nuance in this space too. It's hard to answer this question, you know, uh, what should I do with my money or where should I invest or things like that. But you can explore some of that nuance in a, 20, 30, 60 minute conversation through a podcast episode and really give your clients something that they can take away without you once again, having to offer, you know, an hour long session with them. So I think that's a really great way. And then I actually was uh, talking to somebody two weeks ago and they mentioned that they use it as a resource hub for their team members. So he was onboarding a new team member and he just said, Hey, I've done an episode on all of our most commonly asked questions and you can hear my responses and those commonly asked questions for your onboarding training. I want you to go and listen through all of these podcast episodes. So I thought that was like a really unique thing that somebody was doing, but a couple of ways that you can use your podcast. Yeah. And like, depending on the format that you have, like you could maybe turn it, turn parts of it into like a course, even like if or like gated content, like if you had some really um, like legit deep hard giveaways and you're like this is like too good to give away for free you could you know use snippets of it to promote this this lead magnet um you know as a gated content or turn it into like something that is monetized like a continuing education course or you know you never know like the possibilities are endless but in the meantime you're covering all of these other benefits that you're talking about like warming up you know prospects or um allowing leads or prospects to self-select like they watch your podcast i mean i'm sure there's tons of people who have come to my podcast and been like no that girl (laughs) don't want to work with her and that's cool like i'm totally fine with that because there's just as many people who come and say oh my gosh she's awesome like i would love the opportunity to work with her one day so you know you're you have all of these things that you can do with your podcast to help build your business whether you have you know, so you don't need to be freaking out if you don't have thousands of followers and listeners, you know, if you're doing the promotion on the, you know, outside of the podcast, you will, you can use it to generate revenue or train an employee or, you know, there are just so many different ways to, just to leverage it. Leverage is the word I was looking for. And there's going to be tons of benefits for you yourself as well. I mean, the process of me recording a hundred plus episodes has been lethargic and I don't have to hire a therapist now, but also it really helped me skill build. Of course, I, I really honed my craft of asking questions and being able to articulate some of the ideas that I had as well. And it helped me really create some focus and both on like what I was really passionate about, what I like to speak about, who I speak to. So, you know, through this entire process and many of us just kind of think out loud, podcasting can be a great modality for that as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I have learned so much 
from my guests, but also about things that light me on fire. Like the topics that I come across that I'm like, yes, this is it. And I can just yeah. feel it like well up within myself. And I just have wanted to explode through the podcast. Like <laughs> this is the good stuff, guys. Like, come on, you need to hear. And it's been really helpful for me in Mark and going back and like retooling my marketing to really focus on these messages that I wanted to share. And I think that that's actually in one way or another, how you and I got connected um, through LinkedIn was because, you know, I was working on my messaging and it was, it struck a chord with us and, we met and, you know, now here we are. So it's like, I'm just can't say enough good things. Yeah. yeah. So let, let's, let's open up that too. The other thing, the other big avenue out there uh, or other big benefit of podcasting too, is just this, this built-in networking process that happens, especially if you're an interview-based show, all of the relationships that you're going to build over the course of building your show is incredible. Of course, clients and prospects, but all of these centers of influences, these people that we meet, these collaborators that we can continue to build relationships after we have had a conversation on the podcast. I mean, I've had multiple job offers. I've had speaking opportunities that have come through it. I've had best friends that have come out of them being on my show and then us just continuing the relationship. It's really incredible. Um, but I think it's a really great way too, for you to just build in some organic networking. And of course, it's so much easier to ask someone, Hey, do you want to grab a cup of coffee or, Hey, would you like to come on my podcast, promote this thing that you talked about and explore some of these ideas over here? It's a much easier. Yes. I think on the other side to it, um, but it gives you a really good opportunity to create and start a relationship that can blossom into more than just them being a guest on your show. Exactly. I mean, you never know what's going to come from it. Um, the reason that I have a podcast is today because I was a guest on one of my clients and I was like, this is great. And I was anti-podcast. I was like, I don't know what this weird space is. People over there <laughs> their fancy mics and like, I don't get it. I'm not really like, but I have, I'm very like, I am, or I like to read things. So listening, audio, and even I don't watch a lot of TV or videos. Like when I see a video in my social media, I just know, I, I just want to read. So like, I was so anti-podcast until I was on one. And then I saw what my client was doing and the networking that he was doing all of these cool connections that he was making. And I was like, I could do that. I you could. That. And on that note though, I, and I told you this when we, we talked about doing this podcast, it's like, I always stress to advisors, like, because you know how it goes. They're like, oh, well, so-and-so said I should be doing this. So-and-so said I should be posting to LinkedIn and Facebook twice a day. And so-and-so said I need to do webinars. And this person said I should start a podcast. You don't have to do any of those things, but you do need to pick some things and stay, stick with them and be consistent with them. For you, it might be podcasting and it might not, but if you're, and, and if you're not, if you don't like talking to people, don't start a podcast. Or if you don't <laughs> like talking to the microphone, because obviously there's lots of people who do solo podcasts, don't start a podcast. But if this is something that appeals to you, go for it. So, I mean, that I just had to get my little peanut gallery comments in there about that. But I would agree. I'm not, I'm not I'm not a big social media person. I don't really enjoy writing witty captions or creating graphics or even really being on video, even though I'm trying to challenge myself a little bit more and that not that 
speaking into a mic was that easy whenever I got going too, but it felt like something that filled my cup versus drained me whenever I was doing it. And I think you're right. There are plenty of ways to market and promote your business and you can do them very successful in all of these avenues. I just don't think you can do them very successful in every one of these avenues. So pick one or two to get going on. And I think podcasting can be a great modality to start with. And we've already mentioned tons of the different benefits from it, but it's kind of a no rules area too. Like you don't have to subscribe to any of this advice that I'm giving to you today on best practices. I think there are some, some things I would sh- like tell people to do, but if you don't want to do them, then just don't do them. Like if you don't want to buy a fancy mic and you just want to record into your phone, go for it. Like it doesn't matter. Like nobody really cares anymore. Like podcasting has really been fairly accepting to anyone and everyone that wants to come in and create in the space. Yeah. And you said that too before, and I have it in my notes. One of the things I like about podcasting is there aren't real rules. And I think that's just fantastic. And I think that overall that needs to be the message that's conveyed because there, you know, especially in the advisor space, there's, uh, it tends to be very stuffy, very, oh, I have to wear a suit and a tie all the time. And I have to act a certain way. And I have to use big fancy words. I can't be like a real human. And I think that that was the way of the financial services industry for so long. Granted, it's changing. Granted, COVID really escalated that change where we're like sort of more accepting of people, you know, just coming as they are. I mean, and not expecting some stilted on a pedestal facade you know what i'm saying like we can just be real people so your your podcast can very much just reflect who you are and and it should actually reflect who you are because in when you personalize something it becomes irreplaceable mm-hmm. so the podcasting is a space where you can you can really embrace who you are and and the types of um, strategies that you want to use, or, you know, if you're somebody who wants to tell a joke every time you open your podcast, because you're a funny guy, or you're not a funny guy, but it's really funny that you're trying to be funny, whatever (laughs) it is, like whatever is your stick, you can go with it. And like you said, it's just a very accepting space where you, you have that freedom. And I think that that can be very liberating too. Agreed. So with all of this in mind, um, okay. So for the advisor who thinks they want to start their podcast, you have down about define the goal for your podcast before you launch. So let's talk about that quickly. Yeah, definitely. So I, whenever I'm working with clients and what we're thinking about in terms of launching your podcast, first and foremost, we need to discuss what's your goals for the podcast. Yes. And there could be a lot of different things. It could be growth. It could be listenership growth. It could be monetizing. It could be networking. It could be skill building. Um, So there are a lot of different goals that you can be thinking about and accomplishing with podcasting. So if we take in a couple of examples here, maybe I'm an advisor that is getting a lot of the same questions from my clients, and I want to build a catalog for my current clients to reference at any point in time. That is a very different conversation and a very different launch than somebody that wants to use podcasting to attract new pot, uh, prospects into their their funnel. Very different things. I think you could probably you could probably accomplish both in a varying degrees, but I would say focus on one goal whenever you're launching and then go hard in on that. So if we're using this this catalog for current clients, that's gonna defining your goals is going to help all this help you make decisions on all the subsequent 
um, decisions that have to be made. Like whenever I'm thinking about naming a podcast, if this is going to be a reference point for my current clients, I'm probably going to use my practice name or my name itself and maybe even put in a little bit more fun to it. If I'm thinking about using it as a prospect funnel, I'm going to be optimizing for SEO and how people that don't know me are going to be finding my podcast. So something in financial, I'm probably using financial advisor, I'm using money, or I'm like, once again, looking through all the key search words um, to make sure that my podcast gets noticed with them. I don't have to necessarily worry about getting noticed with my current clients because I can create an email campaign and share that out with my current clients. So they're going to find me no matter if I call it the best financial advising podcast in the world or Justin Peters financial advising practice. Like it doesn't matter that much. And I probably will personalize it a little bit more for my current clients in that sense. So yes, I think defining the goal for your podcast is step number one and starting a podcast. Absolutely. So just to use an example, when I started my podcast, it was for prospecting is for prospect. It's for prospecting, I guess. Um, And so I wanted to make sure that I had the word advisor in there, you know, because it's for advisors. Um, and, and then bringing in one other layer is I am, you know, a professional bodybuilder and I started making, before I had my podcast, I started making these little videos called get advisor fit. And they were just using, you know, fitness analogies to explain marketing principles, but I only had made a few and I really couldn't come up with any other great ideas that I like to do them. I didn't really stay consistent with it. So when I started the podcast, I was like, there we go. And, but the side effect of that, the reason bringing this up is that it showed me how successful I could be if I actually blended those that marketing in a little bit more with my main business, Lexicon, which is sort of what I've been doing over the past year that I've had the podcast, is finding a way to merge those things together to build a more cohesive brand. Um, and it's been, it's gone really, really well because people are interested in these other little tidbits, right? Like they find that bodybuilding is interesting or whatever. So don't be afraid to like, you know, set your goals, intentions for the podcast. But I guess it sort of always all goes around the branding too, because we were talking about naming. Um, and, and, you know, weave yourself into your branding and into your podcasting so that you can attract the right kind of people. Definitely. And people are going to be interested in you as a person. I mean, you can have big name guests on your show and that might help some new listeners funnel into the show, but people stay and continue to listen to the show, even if you are in an interview-based podcast because of you as a host. So if you don't bring your personality and blend some of your interest into the show, it's always got to feel vanilla. And I think you did a really great job, both in the titling and your tagline, and even in some of your conversations as well, blending this, this fitness and this advisor advice podcast as well, smashing them together and making it interesting and different in this space. So I find it, you know, even, even your conversation with Colton um, recently too, I was listening to that one. It was so interesting listening him through his, his evolution of eventually catering towards tattoo artist. And now he can roll up the sleeves and his literal sleeve tattoo sleeve can be shown because that's, that's the kind of client he serves. He doesn't need to hide himself in who he is when he was trying to serve this general audience of millennials. He really narrowed in and focused in and can bring his whole personality into some of these meetings now. Yeah. And it's, he's, he's 
I mean, you can just tell when you talk to him, like he's got all these great ideas and he's like super gung ho about, um, and he does, you know, he does his own marketing, all his own marketing stuff. And he's, he's, you know, doing a fantastic job and just, he wasn't afraid to, you know, go all, go all in on himself. And I think that that is important, you know, as somebody who's going to be starting a podcast, like go all in on you and on the center and it can really pay like remarkable dividends. Definitely. Yeah. So do you think we should talk kind of next steps after that? You define the goal. Yeah. How do you, how do you start a podcast? Like what right, happens? Right. Let's go there. Cause that is super important. <laughs> yeah. Of course you can hire someone like myself or other podcast uh, launch companies that are out there, but some things that you're going to be needing to think through. I, I kind of put them in three general categories, Cre- creation, distribution, and promotion. And there are a couple of things to be thinking about ahead of time before recording your first podcast. And then of course, everything can be changed and, you know, you can move things around or trial things and pick and choose as you go here. So first creation, what do you, who you got to talk to and what do you got to talk about? Those are kind of my first two big questions. Like who, once again, going back to advisors. Okay. I'm guessing you want to speak to prospects. What kind of prospects? Like, are you soon to be retirees? Are you millennials coming into their age of new money? Like who, who is your demographic? And hopefully you know that if you're a business owner already, but really be thinking about that in terms of who's my ideal listener. And then second to that too, what am I going to talk about? Probably whatever is really interesting or hot for, for the, your intended audience, but you might have some other ideas too. Like, what do I want to really think about? What do I really want to explore? through this podcast. Um, and how am I, how am I going to talk about it? So there are kind of two things that are popping to mind for me. You can talk about or explore the like news headlines that are happening in the financial space right now. And, you know, for example, it might be I bonds. Yeah. I bonds last month or yeah, or the the growth, you know, that it could be uh, FTX and it could be t- what's happening at Twitter. You can explore a lot of these topics or you can explore kind of tried and true financial principles. Maybe it's dollar cost averaging or low cost, low cost investing. Like you can you can kind of decide what kind of topics am I going to talk about in my show? That's in the, the creation space. And then, of course, there's what's my show format? Do I do monologue? Do I do interviews? How long is my typical episodes? Um, All of those kind of subsequent questions that have to come out of all of that. Then we move to distribution. So what platforms do I want to be on is kind of my primary question in that. Uh, And what I'm getting at there is, are you an audio only podcast or are you an audio and video podcast? Do you want to be on YouTube? Like that, that's, that's one thing. Like, do you, are you comfortable in front of a camera? Do you find that it won't be a huge issue to edit video along with audio? Do you see yourself distributing on video uh, platforms as well? YouTube probably being the primary one. Awesome. And then on the audio side as well, like, of course you want to be on all the big podcast players, but the great news is that you'll select what's called a podcast host, which is really the distributor of your podcast pick a good host. If you need the recommendation, let me know. My brother actually did a really, he built a whole spreadsheet of all the podcast hosts that are out there and the pros and cons of each of those. So we can link that in the show notes for you guys if you want. Um, But pick a podcast host and that podcast host can help you distribute to all the podcast players. The podcast players are the, the things that you really know. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Podcast, Overcast. All of these are players, but you have to you have to pick a podcast host in order that will maintain the actual audio file and then distribute that audio file to the podcast players itself. So well, that's there's to yep, me, I gave just to pay somebody to do it. So that's <laughs> and that's I perfect. They show up every two weeks on Wednesday morning. And I'm like, <laughs> that is awesome. I think that's a really great strategy too. I, I really love people that know, know their space, know their lane that, and then just contract out everything else. We do very good with those kind of clients because yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to edit any videos. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then last but not least, there's promotion. How you got to promote your podcast? And there can be multiple ways. I think this will be an ever evolving thing. Once again, you kind of have to go back to your goals for the podcast too. Prospecting versus current clients. You might have distrib- different distribution and promotion methods for those subset of, of people. But do you want to be on social? Do you want to have an email newsletter? Like, do you like all the kind of things? Are you? If you're trying to grow your show, you might have to think about growth strategies. Maybe it's promo swaps. Maybe it's guesting on other podcasts. Yeah. Maybe it's doing doing PR outreach. Like there's lots of different avenues to promote your show um, and and get it out there and let people know, hey, I'm out, I'm creating. Here's something you might want to listen to. Absolutely. Like, and I will say in that respect, I feel like I've been pretty lucky. I don't really know how I, I don't, I'm not familiar with other spaces because I'm only in the financial services space. But um, you know, for me, I feel pretty lucky because. I just go to LinkedIn and, you know, I, because I've built a good network there, I'm able to reach a lot of people that, you know, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of other things I could, and maybe we'll, you know, explore one day, but even if you don't, even if you aren't, I, and I think I'm, I know I already said this, but I'm going to say it again, because I think it's important. Even if you aren't, and this also goes back to the goals, but I'm not going to finally say it. Even if you aren't pulling thousands of people, tens of thousands of people or thousands of people into your podcast, it can still be beneficial. So just keep this in mind. I would a hundred percent agree. Of course, it's always great to have more listeners, but there are different strategies for every single podcast as well. And some podcasts do very, very well with having 50 to hundred people listen to the podcast because it is the exact 50 to hundred people that they want to be speaking to. And uh, you know, if you get... So a podcast listener on average is consuming about six hours of podcast a week. Imagine getting six hours of talk time with your ideal prospect. That would be incredible, let alone, you know, 50 to hundred, it could be 10. It could be 10 freaking people that are pushing through that. But of course, if it's your current clients too, maybe you're, you're managing 40 to 50 clients right now. Like you don't need a super large audience for that. You just need to know all of your your clients so well that you know that they're going to tune into each and every episode because that is the exact question that they wanted answered. So yeah, I, I think there are multiple strategies with it. Don't get tied up on how big your audience is. If it's one of your goals, we can talk about how to grow your podcast for sure. But at the end of the day too, do it for you. Right. Okay. So then I'm sorry, I think I interrupted you. So we got the creation, the distribution and the promotion. Yep. I think that I interrupted you in promotion. I don't know if you had any. I, I think that was it. No, I, uh, <laughs> there are lots of ways to promote your podcast. That's pretty much what I was getting to pick, okay. pick one or two methodologies for it. Give it a try. Yes, absolutely. And like you said, if you have an email list, you know, always update your, your email audience. Hey, new episode is live. Or if you 
I don't know. I'd be like, oh man, I really have committed to sending, you know, one email a week to my X, Y, Z list or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what to write about. Okay. Guess what? You have a podcast. You have a whole content worth of library, a library yes. worth of content that you can share at any given time. And I actually just did this like last week. I think I wrote about, uh, I, I think personally that quarter four is a great time for advisors to update their bios so that it reflects who they're serving, what they're doing, make sure it's not boring and all of these things. Like it's like all updating beneficiaries almost. So you should do it once a year, go in and make sure it's still relevant. So I was like, oh, wait, hey, I talked about this on one of my podcasts. So what did I do? I turned my little social media caption into an email and I sent out a podcast that I had already done, you know, back six months ago or something. So they're, you know, promote your new ones, but also don't forget to push out some of your old stuff because people don't, A, they don't remember, and B, um, they don't always get a chance to watch it the first time. So don't be afraid to resend out old stuff. Yeah, I, I love podcasting for that one reason. I, I, I mean, you are creating evergreen content. I if If you're... If you're tackling relevant news, it, it might drop off a little bit more, but if there's a lot of tried and true and through my backlog content from, uh, the struggle is real gets is about 30% of my downloads. So these are things that I put out 12 months ago and they're getting 30% of the listens that come through on a month to month basis. Tell me how many views you're getting on social media posts a year ago. Probably very little, if any, at all. Um, so I really like it for that mo reason is that you can create this content and it will continue to pay dividends. But also, as I think you're alluding to here, you can break that podcast episode down into 10 to 12 other pieces of content if you have the right partner in places as well. So there are, of course, all these little snippets that you say, some of these best phrases, 20 to 30 second phrases that come out. You can use those on the video side or just create an audiogram for it. You can turn them into quotes and, and use quote pages for it. You can uh, create an, an infographic that supports the podcast or the topic that you're talking about in your podcast. It can You can turn it into an email. You can turn it into a blog post. There are so many things you can do with one podcast recording. It could be 12 plus, and then you can just go and recycle it again a year from now too. Because once again, what you were talking about back then, still probably relevant. So for example, I just reposted, I did a conversation in January um, and the title was how to talk politics and religion without killing each other. Um, and I was like, you know what? That's probably a really relevant topic this week, which we're recording in. And that's Thanksgiving week. People are going back home, probably talking about religion and politics with their family members. So I just reposted that. And of course it got a bunch of clicks and plays. Like it's that simple. Perfect. And another thing that I think too, just a little side note, if you have a, a podcast, um, you can transcribe it and post it with your video or with the links to your podcast and put it on your website. And so that it will help improve your SEO and it'll yes. take up from those keywords you talk about. And that's something that's like no extra effort, just send it to rev.com or one of these things, you know, make sure there aren't any typos, post it as a new blog, done, done. Yep. You know? Yeah. I, I get a lot of people that don't really necessarily love to write. Um, but then their, their, their website will look pretty bare and they don't have all of these, these keywords for SEO, for SEO optimization, optimization. So yeah, we love to trans transcribe for our clients because you just add another 
you know, 10 to 30,000 words on there. You're picking up a lot of great things. You're probably talking about relevant topics that you do want uh, to be optimized with inside of these search engines. So I think it's a great idea for that kind of stuff too. And then of course, backlinks, you know, if you're guesting on shows or having guests on your shows too, you're usually sharing links through, through show notes and whatnot. It, It compounds pretty quickly on itself. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point too. When you put it on your website, you get those backlinking authority for, you know, the people that link, you know, if you have a guest or whatever, and they link it back to you. Um, and so these are all just, I mean, easy little things that you can do with, with your podcast to just, you know, improve a lot of other areas too. Um, so that's good. So we've got goal setting, goal setting for your podcast. We've got content distribute and promote. So basically how to get started. Um, what about um, two, two more things I'd like to cover before yeah. we go startup mic recommendations and good place to find guests. If you don't already have some in mind. Nice. Let's get into like some real tangibles now, I think. <laughs> so yeah, startup mic recommendations. Don't be overwhelmed, uh, with a, with a, a mic. If you're unsure right now, see if there's anything that you can use in your house. Like for my gamers out there, gamer headsets can work fine for your first few, um, episodes, but then I would encourage you to, make a small investment. It's a hundred dollars or less, honestly, in a USB microphone, super easy to set up right now. I'm speaking into the blue Yeti. Um, this is a very popular, very reliable mic. I've done over a hundred episodes with this mic, uh, actually. And the great thing is you don't need this audio interface over here and have to figure out all these technical things. If you know how to plug in a USB into your laptop, then you're good to go. There are a couple of fun things here. There's the volume, um, which is literally the volume that you hear in your headphones. And then there, we're gonna we're gonna turn this around. You guys are gonna hear the the difference in in the actual tone right now. Right. It. But there is two other buttons on the backside. The pattern, which is really just for these blue Yetis. Um, I'm speaking into the front now. You can probably hear that. And then it's om- it can be omnidirectional, so it can pick up um, uh, sound from all different directions or bi-directional too. So the back and the front can also play. So if you're having a in-person interview, you can set this in the, the middle and switch the pattern. So that's easy. Just Google it real quick, just blue Yeti patterns. Um, and you can figure out which one that you're supposed to be on. And then the gain, um, the gain is essentially the volume is how loud you're coming into the mic on. So figure out a good volume range with inside of there. If you need some help, reach out to me. I can tell you, but I always tell people caution on the lower side because you can always turn the volume up. But the problem is you can't turn volume down. If you get too high in peaking, um, it will, what what's called clip the, the audio and it will sound really bad because then it automatically clips things. And then you sound robotic because it's not picking up the, the top peak of your, uh, your volume or your, your voice. So yeah, easy things to do, but USB mic, Pick that first. Blue Yeti is a great recommendation. I also have an ATR 2100. Um, so Audio-Technica or the the blue um, brands out there, find one. They're less than $100. Right. I, I usually use mine when I'm at home, but we're on vacation for Thanksgiving. So I don't have it with me, but mine was less than $100. USB, plug it in. I don't have the um, audio adjustment on the mic. Mine, I just go in my settings or whatever. Yep. And like um, I usually like try to make sure that my gain is like somewhere in the middle. And, you know, and you can kind of test it out, like record yourself real quick and see how it sounds. And then, you know, if, and, and I, if you need to adjust it. Yeah, agreed. And then a couple of other just like quick audio tips as well, because I, I do believe audio quality can be a friction point. Like if I listen to an, a, a, an episode and the audio quality is just really subpar, 
I find myself turning it off. But you don't need to hire uh, a professional like myself to help edit it and or, um, you know, a real fancy mic or book out a, a studio for things. There are a few simple things that you can do to to make your audio sound better on the front end. Um, so, of course, buying a mic always helps. I think that's great. Just getting one of these cheap mics is good. Also, think about the environment that you're in as well. Don't be in this metal or glassy big room that echoes. Like if you're speaking in the room, do you hear an echo? That's probably a bad bad place to record in. Closets are a fan favorite of podcasters. Um, there's a lot of cloth in them, um, of course, because all the clothes is sitting around and that absorbs a lot of the sound and reduces the bounce um, and the echo that that comes in on this. So smaller rooms, good cloth. I'm in this room right now. I put down a rug. I have sound panels in the back of me here, which I don't think are necessary. But you know, if you got rugs, carpet, um, there's a, a couch that's behind me, all of this starts to absorb some of the sound. So I think that's great. If you if you're like need a need a you're in a weird environment because you're out vacationing for Thanksgiving right now and you're at your in-laws, another good tip too, grab all the pillows from in, in your house and just drop all the pillows in the different corners of the house. That reduces a lot of the bounce um, that's coming as well. So that next time. <laughs> yeah, that could be a great like, oh, oh crap, like I have I don't have a good room to record in right now. Go grab all the pillows. Like I said, throw them in the corners. Um, so that's solid. Another, a couple of other things, wear headphones. This avoids what's called bleed. So if you can like, you'll be able to hear somebody else speaking and that the mic will pick that up um, from your computer. So that that's really, it can be really annoying uh, and distracting for listeners. So just wear headphones. You don't need anything fancy. Um, honestly, a, a lot of times I just wear like my Apple earbuds whenever I'm recording. Uh, right now I have my podcaster uh, headphones on though. And then um, last easy tip thing that you can quickly change to recording on two tracks. So we're recording in Zoom right now, um, but there's also uh, something called Zencaster or Riverside. These are two very juggernaut uh, video and audio recording platforms in, in the industry. Um, but even if you want to record on Zoom because you're just familiar with it, there's a setting, just Google it, um, audio tracks for separate speakers. Um, Google that for Zoom and you'll figure out how to download and get separate audio tracks for each of your speakers. That is great because when you're editing then and there's a bunch of noise from one speaker, but they're not talking, you can just clip all of that and reduce it all down. So it's really great. It helps with the editing piece to it. And then you can, if you do start to learn some of the audio engineering aspects, it's really great to have two separate audio tracks because I'm guessing you're recording in two different environments and the low hum background noise that's happening in your environment versus my environment are very different. Yeah. I never thought about that. <laughs> but um, your editor would love it though. So if you continue yeah, to record gonna, on Zoom, he's going to watch this and he's going to tell me what. He <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell, he'll, he'll probably tell you. He would, he would probably prefer two tracks if, if you can give it to him. Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess we'll find out. Um, <laughs> and then, um, Good places that you think are to, to look for guests if you know if the if the person starting their podcast doesn't really have any good ones in mind yet. Yeah. So I of course I always ask people to start with your immediate network, especially the first five or so episodes. If you're gonna be interviewing, this gives you a little bit of slack. You know, you're already comfortable with this person, you already know a little bit about this person. So it's really great. So, like for example, my first uh couple episodes. The first one was my best friend. The second one was my brother. And the third one was uh, one of my good friends and his wife. 
Like that was my first three episodes and it was fine. And it helped me get the nerves and actually figure out the kinks. And then if there's tech issues, you're, you're doing that with a friend. You're not doing that in front of a stranger, but once you're ready to, to move on, you've exhausted your immediate network. There are lots of other great places. First, there are matchmaking services. So one that I like is matchmaker.fm. So think about your, your dating apps that are out there where you set up a profile, they set up a profile, you guys can connect. And if you, you feel like you might have some good synergy, you can, you can connect and find a time to actually record. So that's great. I do that. I got a profile out there as a podcaster and as a podcast guest, and I'm inbounding leads on both sides pretty frequently. I would caution, be pretty, be pretty, um, deliberate with who you want to have from those, because of course, anyone can make a profile similar to your dating profiles. You're probably not saying yes to everybody there. Uh, I like to do an intro call with anybody that I meet that might be interesting to me on that. Uh, so, so yeah, go have an intro call. And then second is ask your immediate network. Like who are some people that, you know, are big centers of influences bring to them a topic list. Like, Hey, here are 10 topics that I want to cover on the podcast. Do you know anybody that might be a good fit for speaking on any of these topics? That's another great way to just organically get some guests. And then last but not least, you can Google those, or you can search for those topics with inside podcast players too. And maybe avoid like some of the bigger podcasts. But like, if you go on my show and you listen to a couple of episodes and there's somebody that you're like, holy cow, I really want to have a conversation with them too. You can either reach out to the guest directly because you probably get the opportunity to plug where you can connect with that person at the end of the episode, go connect with them and pitch them to be on your show. Or you can backdoor it and pitch and, and reach out to the podcast host and be like, hey, I listened to this episode you had on Olivia. I really love her. Do you know she's currently uh, guesting on other shows as well? I'd love to have a conversation about that. Host will more than likely be able to introduce you to the guests they have on their show, unless it was maybe a high profile guest. Uh, but they will also have tons of other recommendations for you too. I mean, I've interviewed over a hundred people now. So if you're looking for some people to interview, reach out to me and I can probably give you a list of some people that you could start with. Yeah. And I don't know, two things that's, that I thought about while you were talking is one of them was, well, one of them is don't be afraid to ask because like, especially as you want to be a guest or you want someone to be a guest, don't be afraid to ask. I mean, one of, when I first, it was like, I guess maybe a few months in James Pollard, the advisor coach was like, Hey, can I be on your podcast? And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. It sounds great. <laughs> He's like, really? I thought you were going to say no. I'm like, why? <laughs> why <would laughs> no, you're like, people love you. Uh, you know, you have a lot of good things to say. I don't, he's like, I don't know. I was like, I, that surprised me that he thought I was going to say no, but you know, just, and of course I, I in reverse was surprised that he asked me on my show because it was brand new and nobody really listened to it as far as I was concerned, because I don't have like a lot of listeners. I mean, per the numbers. Um, so don't be afraid to ask. And then two, and this also goes back to promotion. And it goes to having processes in place. Now, you're going to probably call bullshit on what I'm about to say because you and I had like a really shotgun kind of like engagement here to go on this podcast. I was like in a lull in my recording. But typically what we do and what I highly recommend you do and what I do for my clients who have podcasts is have a process in place where for both your guests that are gonna be on your podcast and for promoting. Now, specifically on the guest side, um, 
What I usually do is that when I connect with somebody about being on the show, they will get an email um, a week or two in advance of the recording date that we've selected that tells them, you know, here's the Zoom link. Of course, you'll probably send it to their calendar too, but I like to put everything in a nice package for the guests, which is, hey, thanks for coming. This is when our our podcast is scheduled. Here's the link for the recording because I do video. So obviously it's a Zoom link. Um, I not, how do people do it? Who, who don't use zoom? They use the Zencaster thing. Yeah. Zencaster okay. Riverside. There's plenty like of recording. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It, it works very similar to zoom. I click on the link and then oh. you pop up. Okay. So it's, Hey, thanks for doing it. This is when we're scheduled to record. Here are some tips. Um, meaning don't, uh, some of my tips are don't be in a room that echoes. Um, you will be on video. So wear something that you're comfortable being seen in. Um, test out your lighting, test out your audio in advance, make sure, you know, everything is up to par. And if you have questions, I can help you. Um, here's the topic that we said we were going to go over. Let me know if you have any questions. And then you look super put together and professional and whatever. But what's really simple about it is that all you really have to do is switch out your Zoom link and your topic and go. It's a template, like you're copy and pasting and changing a couple of things and send it and go. And then afterwards, um, I like to send out a thank you, you know, here are the images that we made, the promotional images, here are all my social media handles, these are the places that it's going to be posted, meaning all of my platforms, um, here's the link to the YouTube channel, if, you know, and instructions on how to share it, because we, uh, our generation and younger, I feel like can figure it out, but some of the older generations aren't as keen on figuring out how to like tag people and do the whole social media thing. So what we provide is like, here's, here's how to, here's how to do it. <laughs> if you wouldn't be, you know, be so kind as to share it so that we can, um, everybody in our networks can see the awesome stuff that we talked about. Um, here is even a swipe copy. So I provide an email template for the guests to use if they're not familiar with promoting themselves, you know, all they have to do is copy and paste the template that explains that they're on my podcast and what we talked about and how to find it. Um, because that makes it, I mean, people are more likely to do things with the easier you make it for them. They're either super motivated and they do it themselves, but if they're not, then you've made this, like you've made it super simple for them to share it with their people and, and people really appreciate that especially ones who aren't as familiar with how social media works um you know having some guidance on what to do with all of this stuff that you're sending them and, um, and they love it too because now yeah. they have some built-in content that they can share because they're also on the back end being like i just put all this time and effort into a, a podcast and of course it's got to get be listened to by the get advisor fit uh um listenership or viewers but at the same time too, you can help them have four or five more posts that come out after it. You know, maybe the blog is here and you can share the blog out. You tag them on all of the things. You share out all the graphics that you do. I have a very similar approach as well. It's like, you know, on publish date, here's the Google Drive. Here's the copy that you can use. Or here's a couple of other ideas for the copy. Here's all of my tags. Here's all the graphics that you can use. Please share. And and I, I get... For a lot of people, I'll get very specific on where I'd like them to share as well. So for example, email newsletters do very well with clicks. Um, the conversion rate from social to podcast download 
is not very strong, but it's much stronger in an email, probably because you're ready to actually click on things and you're in this space um, to download and whatnot. So yeah, I if I know someone has a strong email newsletter, my one ask for them will be, can you share it on, on your email newsletter? But if they're really great on a different platform, I might ask them to share it on a different platform, or I might collaborate with them on some promotion, like more specific promotional material, if they are a little bit more savvier when it comes to to social media. But yeah, I think it's great too, because I'll be on a show and then I, I have two, usually two or three already built in post after the show too, of just, Hey, I loved being on the show. And then on published date, Hey, the show's out, go listen to it. And then I'll usually do two or three days later. Here was one of my favorite things that I talked about on the show as well. So, and you can just give that away to the podcast guests that that's on your show. Yeah. And they're like, and it makes you look like you really got your shit together. <laughs> it also helps you streamline the process to make sure that you're, you're, you know, squeezing all of the juice out of this that you really can. Because if you're doing the work, you might as well reap the benefits of all of it, right? Definitely. Um, so also, just one more thing. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like we could just go and go, go. I, I can, Olivia, I, I can talk all day if you want. Like, <laughs> we're Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I have a right? clear calendar. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm staring at the beach. I mean, eventually. Yeah, yeah, we need to get out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, one other thing that I really like um, as whether it's, well, I guess it's probably more specifically if you are a guest on another podcast and you have an opportunity when you're a guest on somebody else's podcast, you have an opportunity to be exposed to a network that we're assuming is not pre, you know, most of that network is probably not familiar with you. So you need to really take advantage of that and what you can do. Um, like for example, my friend here just said, uh, before, and I made a note that his brother made a Excel spreadsheet of all the hosts, um, and he's willing to provide that in the show notes. If you can come bring something as a guest, that is always a really good thing to do, whether it's gated or not gated, either way, like it, whatever is your goals, you know, you might have a landing page for a, um, a guide or something that you have on the topic that you're doing. And this is a good chance to use that landing page link and get it uh, exposed to other people. Um, because, you know, I always recommend if you have a landing page lead magnet sales funnel that you run, you know, some ads behind it, or, you know, we have different strategies for lead magnets. But one of the things that I always recommend is if you're going somewhere, bring this with you. And like I said, it could be gated or not gated. You could do it as a lead magnet, or you could just do it as a giveaway. Either way, this is a great strategy that I highly recommend you put in your back pocket. You know, make a yes. couple of digital assets that you can share like that. And you're adding value right away. In addition to what is actually in the show, there's a takeaway. People love that shit. So, mm -hmm. and, and you should bring that into your own show as well. Like, don't make sure that your podcast is in your ecosystem of your business marketing strategy as well. So work with your, the marketing company or yourself or your production, your podcast production um, uh, editor, and make sure that it feels coherent, the message that you're sharing across all these different platforms. And yes, please, please, please run a mid-roll or a spot ad in your podcast, letting them know about the business that should be supported by this podcast. Don't be afraid to tell people about what you're doing um, because podcast listeners are pretty receptive and open to ads. So get on and tell them either 30 seconds, 
you know, pre-recorded ad and, or in your intro, you should probably be talking about your service, something like it, if it's intended to be a marketing and promotion tool, make it a marketing and promotion tool. Right. And yeah, don't, don't be afraid to ask people to do things because sometimes they're just not even thinking about it. It's not that they don't want to, it's just like, Oh, cool. I'm listening to this podcast. And it's like, Hey guys, go subscribe or hey guys, <laughs> go download. And they're like, well, okay, cool. Yeah. Like if they want to, they will. Um, but sometimes you just have to give that prompt. It's like, that's why in marketing, it's so important to have your call to action in, you know, certain places. And it's no different with audio. Um, I currently don't run, I don't have any currently, but that's just because I've been lazy and not gone back and done it. But, um, for example, when I was, I guess, on Matt Holleran's podcast, I was like, oh yeah, I need to do that. I need to add that in. So that's something that I've got on my list of to-dos too, um, is to get better at doing that. And on that note, you're not going to, like, like, this is something that you, you and I spoke about in our private conversation is that it's really cool to see how your podcast and how your strategies evolve from the very beginning. Like you said, you do your first few with some people you're comfortable with, work out the kinks, but even like beyond that, it's going to keep evolving and keep evolving just like your business does. It's going to grow and it's going to move with you. Um, and it's really interesting to see. And I think that it can really uncover, again, some, some, personal things that, that would be helpful you for you in your own marketing and, and building out, you know, your infrastructure going forward. And um, so on that note, why don't you tell people where they can find you and tell them what you like them to do? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, if you want to check out the podcast, we're focused on adulting advice for young professionals. That is the struggle is real with Justin Peters. Um we actually, Jeremy Kyle will be on the show. It's coming out. I believe it'll be episode 80. So depending on when this airs, um, episode 14 on Olivia's podcast here, same guest. So if you loved uh, Jeremy, you can go listen to him on my show. But also um, I know one that's out right now, Jesse Kramer, uh, episode 75. We talked about, is this still a good time to invest? Um, so that that might be a great, great one. On the podcast editing side, Simple Pod Studios, reach out to me, connect with me on LinkedIn, Justin Peters on LinkedIn there. Um, and if you can't find me for some reason, just reach out to Olivia. She knows how to get a hold of me. Right. And like, I'll be putting all of this information in the show notes where mine is as well. Most of you, if you've listened for know, we're at lexiconcontentdevelopment.com. Um, but I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn under Olivia Looper and also Instagram and Lexicon Content Development. Um, yeah, this has been amazing. I think this is going to be a great starting point for um, anybody who wants to start a podcast or so there's great information in here too for people who already have one. And those are the, some of the tidbits that I'm going to be able to pull out and share with everybody to just show them how great this whole conversation was. Yes. <laughs> um, so thank you. It's good stuff for new newbies and those who are already in it. Um, we'll have to do this again soon. Anytime, Olivia. I'm happy to, to hop on a call and, and talk podcasting with anyone and everyone. I loved being on the show. Thank you so much. Anytime. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, you too. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development, can help you visit lexiconcontentdevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. 
Till next time.